Welcome to The Five Nine, the official podcast of the Fierce Telecom and Technology Group. Join us each week for the latest insights on 5G, millimeter wave, AI, electronics, sensors, networking, infrastructure, and more in the communications and technology space. All right, welcome everyone to this week's Five Nine, the newly rebranded Fierce Telecom podcast. It's a new name, but we still get great conversations and great guests every week to join me in discussion of just about anything and everything telecom. And I'm really excited this week. We have Arvind Singh. He's the Managing Director for Global 5G and Edge Innovation at Verizon Business. And uh, dare I say, a friend of Fierce. Uh, you've joined us at a few events and now the podcast. It's great to have you on and thanks as always for, for making the time. Thank you, Alejandro, and greetings to all the listeners. Uh, great to be here with you for this exciting conversation about 5G and private networks. Brilliant. Well, Arvind, before we dig in, uh, just a, a brief introduction to your role. You you, you have, uh, I mean, you can go many ways with global 5G and edge innovation, right? So just a, a bit of an idea of what, uh, what uh, areas of responsibility you have over there. Yeah, absolutely. So my team and I are really responsible for accelerating uh, 5G and edge-based innovations, um, really helping drive uh, deployment at scale within enterprise B2B and government uh, sectors, right, across the United States and, quite frankly, around the world. In countries where spectrum policy is available, uh, Verizon is committed to the mission of helping deploy private dedicated on-prem networks. So uh, really our focus is solving some of the most pressing problems that businesses are facing and helping deliver on those business outcomes using this next generation of uh, technology sets that are at our disposal now. Brilliant. So you mentioned that that focus for you guys. What what would you say right now is uh, Verizon's 5G strategy or rather what's what's shaping it? Yeah, in Verizon, uh, Alejandro is one of the carriers that's been on the 5G journey for a number of years now, right? We were one of the first carriers in the United States to raise the flag to go to 5G. So we've we've been our 5G strategy has been in motion for a number of years now. But we have a ubiquitous public 5G network that's been launched, our ultra wideband 5G network, right? That's scaling over 150 million Americans today. Uh, and then we've uh, forged industry leading partnerships with hyperscalers to really deliver edge capabilities, right? Bringing cloud compute uh, edge capabilities as part of our carrier grade network, which is our public Mac, our multi-access edge compute platform. And then also private edge, which is really delivering the edge uh, appliance on-prem based on the use case and the business need. So um, a public network strategy, public and private edge strategy. We have private network strategy as well, which we'll spend most of our time today. But as part of a reliable, ubiquitous national broadband network, um, we have this ability to offer fixed wireless broadband capabilities, right? It, it is essentially the new kind of broadband internet that is delivered to the last mile, the business or the home without any wires. So it's exciting to be able to do that uh, fixed wireless on this, uh, you know, national public 5G network. Uh, and then again, private network, which helps us take the game uh, to the next level in terms of serving businesses and industries uh, with a private dedicated network and a private edge appliance on-prem. So, Arvind, you, you've mentioned private networks, of course, which is an area of focus uh, for us today. Um, 
I think there's been quite a boom in, in the conversation around private networks over the last year. So there's obviously a lot of activity. I imagine it's it's a journey for your clients as well as yourselves to learn how private networks can be deployed, what benefits they bring to, to these enterprises or these clients. What, what are you hearing from your customers when you're going out there and talking to them about, um, you know, what private networks can do for, uh, for them? Yeah, uh, Alejandro, I'd say your comment is well placed. There's a lot of buzz in the industry when it comes to private networks, and it has been the case for a couple of years now, right? And a lot of customers are really looking to sift through the noise and really pick up the signal to help inform their decision-making process, right? Uh, there's so many options of um providers today, uh, given the open ecosystem, the uh, unlicensed and shared spectrum ecosystem with CBRS here in the United States and then in other countries in EMEA and elsewhere where spectrum is coming available in countries, uh, there's a lot of non-telco providers that are sort of in the game of helping deliver uh, private networks. So most clients are really looking for highly secure, reliable network connectivity fabric, and something that they're looking to just understand, um, you know, the, the, the path forward. Is this network future proof? If they're deploying something that's private 4G today, can it get to private 5G in the future? If it's a private 5G network, can it get to 5G standalone? Or potentially even network slicing in the future. So um, that that is the general premise of it. I think the foundation of it all is really the simplicity, the ease of de design, deployment, uh, optimization, uh, the integration into the customer's existing environment is what we see uh, many of the organizations seeking, right? And some of the industries and the industry 4.0 sector is looking for ITOT integration and really ongoing support and management experience um, that doesn't sort of put a toll on the IT departments of many of these organizations. So it really varies depending on the industry that you're trying to serve. There's different criteria they come at. Uh, but what I've shared so far is what's, what's the common thread I see across many of the vertical industries we serve. Yeah, and, and a lot of what you mentioned, not to say all of it, really resonates with, you know, the comments that, that we hear as well from, from fierce editorial perspective as well, you know, that IT and, and networks uh, collaboration and, and, of course, uh, you know, implementing it with, with the technology they already have and knowing how to manage, right, that private yeah. network. So I'm, I'm sure it's quite the journey um, in terms of working with these, these clients. And so I wondered if you could go go into a little bit more detail on where we are perhaps on on that private network journey um, how how can we look at a successful implementation of, of private networks and or maybe you already hopefully have those those uh, use cases at hand to, to share um, so that we can we can think of how, where we've come and perhaps where we've headed yeah great great question and it's it's a it's a Pretty broad question. There's a lot of things I can share here, right? But let me, let me start with this. And I, I recently had this conversation with, um, you know, Fierce's own Linda Hardesty, right, at, at Mobile World Congress in, in Vegas, that um, the way we look at it is we're really at the dawn of the decade of private networks, right? We've been on this private networks journey now, uh, I'd say for 
two plus years with commercial offerings in the marketplace with license spectrum offering where a carrier like Verizon can use all of its license spectrum assets, low, mid, high band spectrums to deliver a dedicated private network uh, or, you know, this lightly touched, lightly licensed shared spectrum like CBRS, we're able to deliver private networks. Um, so, so that wheel has been in motion for a good two and a half, three years. Um, and I'll give you some examples of that. But prior to that, if I could rewind the clock a little bit, Carriers like Verizon have been in the business of building sort of dedicated on-prem networks that are more campus-based type of networks that are somewhat private in nature, right? And uh, we have hundreds, if not thousands of these deployed throughout the enterprise segment, throughout the government public sector segment, where we're coming out and building 3G, 4G coverage indoors, in some case now 5G coverage for the last few years that's built indoors. It's a dedicated on-prem RAN, all right? It's using small cells or uh, distributed antenna system, a DAS technology, but it connects into the macro Verizon core. So that traffic, right, e- uh, it come, routes all the way back into the macro core before it egresses the Verizon network to go out to wherever the destination is, uh, over the internet or, or out to the enterprise prem. Um, we also had a variation of this that's been available for well over a decade now, what was called mobile private network, right? So Verizon has been delivering mobile private networks uh, for well over a decade to institutions uh, that were in highly regulated industries. Think of financial services, PCI, DSS compliance, or utilities with NERC SIP compliance, and even healthcare with HIPAA. Uh, we've done these private networks that are working off of a shared RAN network, but get a dedicated path as it comes into our core network, right? So we were essentially segregating the enterprise traffic uh, from the rest of the consumer traffic and everybody else. So that, that's been there for a while now. Last two and a half or three years has been really taking the, the evolution of these networks and the more sophisticated version of this where it's a miniaturized radio access network that's on-prem and now the packet core can be on, on-prem as well. Um, instead of routing traffic all the way back into the macro network, we can terminate that traffic locally on campus or on-premise, right? Or it could be a hybrid where that packet core is uh, cloud-based and it's located in a closer prox- proximity. But it really depends. We've built this network at massive scale. I mean, you're well aware Verizon's 4G network is about 2.68 million square miles of coverage, right? We serve 99% of the population today. When you build networks at that kind of scale, um, there's a lot of points of presence throughout the network. So um, the real benefit of these private dedicated networks that we're uh, deploying now, we're at a point of maturity where businesses that started with a technology-led trial experimenting with what can a private network do for me? What type of spectrum do I really need? How much channel bandwidth is important for my use case or my implementation? Those lessons have been learned by customers where we started off with a technology-led trial to now very much focused on the business outcome and pain points that we're looking to address, right? I mean, let, let's face it, the Local area networks and Wi-Fi networks that businesses and enterprises and public sector is used to has 
done a sufficient job serving many, many, many of the use cases. But quite frankly, there's a subset of use cases that could be better served when you have a highly reliable, dedicated private network that gives you a level of security, quality of service, the ability to manage and optimize things and get a different treatment of that network versus being served off of a public network. So to your question about ideal implementations, I'd say it it, it really varies by customer. But what's interesting that I find is private wireless networks are getting us into a diversity of use cases that previously was untouched or was not supported effectively. And I'll give you a couple examples of that. Think about areas where we typically wouldn't build public networks, right? Because it wasn't a population dense area. It was, let's say, industrial grade environment or a good example of this is ports, right? We've done a lot of PR recently about successes and and wins about ports in in EMEA and in domestic US uh, with VIT and ABP in, in, in UK. But really ports gives us a wide range of capabilities that can benefit from this type of network, right? Uh, Everything from heavy data intensive use, high bandwidth need um, uh, with reliable connectivity. So it starts with give me better coverage that's reliable and gives me connectivity for the basic things like uh, tablets and other handheld devices that are being used in, in the port operations to quickly evolving to, hey, I want to connect the video cameras. I want to get into computer vision for inventory, asset tracking and management. In some cases, using drones to uh, to do inventory in, on, on premise or in that environment. Uh, and in a future that can power autonomous vehicles, right, in that dedicated campus environment. So uh, that's just a starting point of one. Like that, we're seeing other vertical industries where there's opportunities that was probably not best served by a best effort Wi-Fi network, right? And again, I'm not saying it's a private networks is there to replace all Wi-Fi networks. It, it certainly augments the Wi-Fi experience depending on the use case need uh, and the kind of business grade, enterprise grade performance that one may be seeking. So on, on that point, before we, we jump into what what's next, you, you talk about all these different uh, verticals, some of which have been, you know, uh, perhaps more aligned with telecommunications in the past. You know, we, we think about the connected vehicle, it's something we've been talking for a while. But mm-hmm. then there's, there's these other use cases or, or scenarios where perhaps they haven't had that exposure. Um, are you are you finding that they are understanding the benefits of private networks? Is it a complicated qu- uh, discussion to, to share, you know, all the different spectrum? opportunities the management what level of maturity are we at that point because what I'm trying what I, what I'm gathering is the technology is there right folks uh, from a network perspective are able now to really tap into new verticals and use cases and deliver on all these different uh, opportunities for the enterprise are they also picking up on that or are you finding that it's a bit of a process as well yeah, now, Alejandro, you're spot on. The technology and the maturity and the commercial availability is certainly there. That's widely known and widely acknowledged. I think the opportunity to um, develop the next level of comfort for enterprise uh, decision makers, the IT staff, uh, I think we're not quite where the Wi-Fi 
experiences in terms of understanding and comfortability, right? This is where, again, it comes down to understanding different flavors of spectrum, the kind of channel bandwidth, um, the kind of use cases you want to enable today in your horizon one of your engagement versus your horizon two and three, two, three, four years out, what you look to do with this network, right? So um, I, I think there's opportunity. That's the single biggest opportunity that Verizon is looking to double down on, quite frankly, is help with um, businesses, small, medium, large um, enterprises, public sector entities globally to help with technology due diligence, right? And to bring to bear the the robust partner ecosystem we've established with hyperscalers, with third-party vendors, with the global systems integrators to look at the opportunity and reimagine the possibilities differently, right? Uh, because again, this is a... Uh, a network that's highly customizable. Uh, a carrier like Verizon being able to use our high band spectrum, millimeter wave spectrum, massive channel bandwidth, the ability to customize the uplink demand of the network, right? For video, vision heavy use cases, or have multiple locations that are deployed where you know, there's a variation in uh, one place applications may be using QoS or have higher uplink bandwidth versus the rest of the locations that may be um, very differently oriented or, you know, it's downlink heavy. So the, the opportunity to be able to help do the tech due diligence, but also to connect the solutions partners in the ecosystem that precisely solve for a specific need, right? Um, traditionally, businesses would have to go talk to multiple vendors, anywhere from three to five plus vendors to source point solutions and then figure out how to integrate, you know, puzzle pieces one, two, three, four, five to get to the end-to-end -end solution stack. Here, what we focused on is uh, just learning from last two plus years of doing um, customer proof of value, proof of concept trials, we've created a very turnkey managed services offering that helps with carefully assessing the need and then designing and deploying a private network, be it 4G or 5G based, that um, is well cared for solving for the business problem and needs today, but can evolve to serve the needs of the future, either on day one or based on the investment readiness, you know, in the future. And the day two support and ongoing management, being able to provide that level of assurance and service level expectation that businesses seek, right? Because again, the intent is not to do private networks and just have another best effort experience. The goal is to really help enable a business grade experience or help serve some of the mission critical applications that we see public sector DOD spaces exploring, right? So we've done, we've used this to fuel a lot of innovation sandboxes uh, in the different segments as well, to really give the keys to the kingdom to, uh, to our customers and partners to go take the, the capability and this technology and solve for the next level of problems that we alone may not be, may not have full access to go, go care for, right? Great, uh, Arvin. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you yes. now specifically about looking forward. So, you know, I like to ask this just so we can hopefully, you know, have you back and, and check on on whether this has come to a realization or or where we are as as we mature in five G and, and private networks. What are you excited about 
um, when you think about what's in the pipeline and what's coming up with 5G and private networks specifically, and what can we expect to see coming out from the technology pipeline, let's say over the next year or two? Yeah, excellent question, Alejandro. Um, in terms of the future, I, what I foresee here is uh, we've started with private network successes in many different industries, um, but quite frankly, it's not deployed at full scale, right? Many of the industries have um, so, sort of embraced the technology, the capability, and have sort of started with a land and expand strategy where they've deployed at one site or one or two sites and not all of their sites, right? Or in some cases, if it's a, a multi-million square foot facility, they've deployed it in 250,000 or 500,000 square foot of that facility rather than the whole campus um, to learn from it, to enable some key cutting edge use cases, but also to build upon it in future. So. My hope for the future is, one, we'll see organizations that have had a head start, that have a progressive mindset, that have learned from the pandemic and have sort of a newfound agility and speed that they're working with, are able to enable their business outcomes in a meaningful way. And these networks give them the sense of confidence, the, the reliability, the security, the maturity that they're expecting, that they've heard from us as uh, service providers and technology partners, uh, and they're deploying it at scale, massive scale, right? At all of their locations where it's relevant uh, in domestic US and globally. The other phase to the journey that I foresee is many of these organizations, Alejandro, we've spoken to about the private network, about the private edge, uh, you know, the hyperscaler fabric we're enabling, right? Uh, Amazon Outpost, Azure Stack Edge, or, or Google's Edge, distributed edge. Um, and some solutions like computer vision, AI inferencing, and others. In many cases, we've started with the network already. Uh, we are early in the discussions of deploying some of the edge capabilities. In some cases, the edge discussions have happened, but the deployments haven't started. So uh, my hope is when we return in the future, we'll be in a different place of maturity with network edge plus solutions running on it um, and really enabling some cutting edge use cases and uh, and outcomes that uh, quite frankly, either we're not discussing today or it's beyond our imagination today. Great. Well, Arvin, I look forward to welcoming you back uh, in due course and hearing about those uh, use cases that we might not even be imagining today. And I look forward to as fierce to, to cover uh, your efforts in, in bringing private networks and connectivity to uh, untapped communities and industries alike. So as always, Arvin, thank you so much for, for joining us here on the podcast. It's uh, been certainly very interesting. And I'm sure for our listeners, perhaps a, a, a starting point to uh, start the conversation up with you guys as well to find uh, ways to collaborate. So, uh, yeah, thanks so much, Arvin. Outstanding. Thank you, Alejandro. Thank you to the FIAS team and to our listeners. I appreciate the opportunity. Great. And uh, absolutely, like Arvin said, thank you for joining us uh, yet again this week here at the 5.9 podcast. And uh, we look forward to next week with another uh, great conversation coming your way. Until then, stay safe and take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The 5.9, Fierce Telecom's official telecom and technology podcast. Follow us on Zencaster to get the latest ICT insights each week. Get the latest telecom and technology news at our websites, FierceWireless.com, FierceElectronics.com, FierceTelecom.com, 
and fiercevideo.com. See you soon. Thank you.